Welcome to the Faithful 31 Moms podcast. I'm your host, Mallory Allen. Whether you find yourself in the joys or the messes of mom life, we want to encourage you to remain faithful as you join us every Wednesday in creating a community of real moms, real stories, and real truth based on the Word of God. Welcome to the Faithful 31 Moms podcast. I'm your host, Mallory Allen, and today I have two very special guests returning this week, Denise Bell and Mary Ellen Allen. Welcome back, guys. Thanks. We started last week talking about raising our boys into godly men. In April, we did a podcast on raising godly girls. And so this month in May, I wanted to have one that was more focused on raising boys into being um, godly men. And I could not think of any two people better to join me today than them. And I've had so much fun with the first round. If you have not listened to it yet, you need to go back and listen to it first. We talked about raising our boys from birth through 12 years old, middle school age. And today we're going to be talking about the teenage years, the one that I'm the most curious about because I have not gotten there yet, all the way through adult years and marriage and all the questions that we all know that we have that we're not going to get to be the one that, you know, plans the wedding and all the things because we're boy moms. And so we're going to unpack all those things, the puberty and the purity talks and all that stuff today. So I'm so glad that you've joined us back. But like I said, make sure that you're caught up on last week's before we start. As a mom of boys that are growing into their teenage years, your schedules are going to get a lot more crazy. We already referenced schedules last week, but they're going to probably get even more crazy as they're playing more sports, they're at school more, they have friends and Mm -hmm. things to do on the weekends now and all that. And so one thing that I thought was so important and profound that Denise told me when we were having a talk before this interview, will you share that with us, Denise, about brothers and the importance of that? Well, just to recap a little bit, I have five boys, and they're seven and a half years apart from the first to the fifth. One of the things I always reiterated and told my boys every day, friends come and go, but your brother is always your best friend. I wanted to remind them that actually blood is thicker than water, that you will always have friends but your brother will always be there for you. And that's one thing I encourage you to do with your children because family is always first, more so than any other friend that they have. And so um, raise them to depend on each other, uh, to be friends with each other. And so I think that is really important that, that they learn how to not only be brothers, but they learn how to be friends. And one thing that I have loved seeing in in my guys, my guys uh, have all graduated from college except for two. I have two that graduate this May, and it's going to be really hard seeing those two um, leave home, but is how much they depend on each other. Of course, I have one that is the oldest who is very responsible, and anytime something major happens, they seem to go to him for advice. I have one who always fixes things. He's my engineer. So when something breaks, they always go to him. I have um, one who is always um, 
the athlete. And so, you know, whenever we we need um, some excitement in our life, we um, he's a cross-country coach now. He ran cross-country, and he does Ironman competitions. So, you know, that's the excitement in our life. But anyway, uh, you know, they is how much they depend on each other now. So that's really fun to see your 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 kids when they actually become friends. Yeah, absolutely. I know I even encourage my boys now, four and seven. We just went through a move together last year here to Memphis in the middle of a pandemic when we were literally seeing no one. So I'm sure a lot of you out there have had a lot more family time mm-hmm. than normal. And it isn't so important to see your kids be friends. And a lot of times when there's years in between, I know me and my sister were four years apart, it was harder. We didn't become really close friends until later. But I've really tried to encourage my boys to be friends early on. And so that's so important. Start out with that as at a young age, and then it gets a little harder. Today we're going to be talking about the teenage years, so don't forget to continue to remind them that even when their schedule's get more busy and they want to be with friends more. So that's a great thing to be reminded of. What about the big thing that we're all thinking is that boys, it is so hard sometimes to get them to communicate. You can ask a girl, how was school today? And she'll just start, so-and-so did this, so-and-so was wearing this. And with boys, this is the answer I get. It was good. And that's about it. Absolutely. So communication is hard with boys. What are some suggestions? I feel like it's going to get harder for me as they become teenagers. Yes. So how do you get them to talk to you? And it's so important because they're they're going more places now. They have more friends. They may have a girlfriend. But how do you get them to talk to you? What is some suggestions y'all have for that? Well, I learned uh, early on, married to my husband, is that he is a man of few words. And so I thought maybe that was just him. But then when I had my two boys, I was like, no, this is something about males. So I do have one that shares a lot, and I have one that doesn't share as much. But as they've gotten older, they've both gotten a lot a lot more of uh, just sharing things. I found out that going in at night and saying their prayers, they both slept in the same room together. Um, I would just kind of lay down on the floor, and it seemed like in the darkness, they weren't really looking at me, uh, they would share more. And just so that just started being something that I would do at night. I would say their prayers with them, and then they would talk a little bit. And then I would go back in there and lay down on the floor, and we just kind of talk about things. And so that was something that worked for us. Um, I don't know if that just works for everybody, but. Uh, and then you just have to keep asking questions. I wish I had known that tip earlier. I would like to do that all over again. I know. I think that's a great tip. And then you did a lot of family dinners, and that was the time that you said, I know last week, Denise, that you got yours to talk. And I think we get ours to talk a lot at family dinner time, too. But when that doesn't happen, my older one especially he likes me to come back, like you're saying, and just lay on the bed with him a few minutes. Mm-hmm. And it seems like he will really start talking about things from school that day, like right at the last minute when he should be probably asleep. But those moments are valuable. So right. whenever they'll talk to you, I'll take it with boys. One of the things I've had to learn is how to be a better listener and not a talker because I am a woman of many words and I have to remind my husband and my children, I have so many words a day that I have to say and I have to express it to you and and you need to listen to me. 
but to really communicate with your son and sons and your husbands, you have to quit talking and you have to learn to be a listener. And really listen to what they don't say. I taught my boys that. Of course, they were raised in a beauty salon. And I would always say, now, what did she not say? What did they not say? Well, they didn't talk about this. They didn't talk about that. So they have picked up that Body trait. language. Yeah. And they both use it in the jobs that they have now. They said, the salon came in very handy. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. And they always had shampooed hair, That's which right. was good. That's right. All right. Another thing that I wanted to talk to you all about and get your wisdom and advice on is we touched last week on your relationship with your husband and the impact that that can have on teaching your boys to be a better leader, a better husband one day, and all those different things that you want them to grow up seeing and learning. And then I would think that in the teenage years, they're really watching closely. They may be like, ooh, gross. But they really are watching even more closely as they're thinking about dating and about girls and relationships. What sort of advice can you give us on that particular topic? Well, I would say for us, um, Daryl being military was a very black and white world we lived in. It was either right or wrong. Um, And so you learned real quick not to do wrong. Uh, But he also wanted deep respect that they would show me as their mother. And so one particular day, he just looked at him and he said, don't ever talk to my wife like that again. And it was just like they were both in middle school. And I can just remember it. We were standing in the kitchen. And they were all looking going, that is his wife, isn't it? That's right. That's his wife. <laughs> and so it was just a it made me feel respected um, that it changed their life. And and, you know, it made Daryl feel good because he was saying, you know, she and I were here first long before y'all showed up and we're going to be here when y'all leave. And so, you know, you just remember that you respect her. One of the things I always tell my boys, if they are talking to me and it borderlines disrespectfulness, I always remind them how you treat your mother will be how you treat your wife. And I want them to always remember those words because their actions are duplicated later on. And so I feel that's real important. Yes. Absolutely. That's great advice. When we reference puberty and purity in the teenage years, I know a lot of us moms get a little scared to think about those subjects. And I know that last week, Mary Ellen, you referenced James Dobson raising boys and boy talk that Daryl did with your boys. I know our pastor at our previous church, he would take his sons on a trip and he would have that talk about respecting women, about sex and all those things on that trip. And so I think that that's really important that you let your husband take that role being on that that team together that you are. And if we have a single mom listening, what would you suggest for her? Uh, We did. uh, Mal, if you remember just in youth, we had a lot of students that did not have a dad for whatever reason Uh, and so they would just um, partner up with a man that would take their son out camping or just be that role model for them in their life Uh, if you don't have that um, dad husband situation for your child that you would just find a man that would just be a dad to them 
uh, and just be that sounding board to have that male side of just things to do with them. Yeah, I know that Josh, I've seen him take that role as a youth pastor. I've seen a coach, my dad's mm-hmm. a football coach, take that role. But pray for somebody, yeah. you know, just like Denise said, she prayed for her schedule to be made clear of how to have family focused time. You know, if that is an issue in your life, pray, pray about it. The right. Lord will bring you a man in your life um, that can help your son through this time. And leading into that, teenage years, dating, what do y'all have to say about that? I mean, what were your rules? What did you think about it? Dating was a challenge. Um, I'm a mom that likes girls to be covered up. And so if you're not, uh, I'm not a big fan. So I was very vocal with my boys that they were to hang out and date women that were covered up. And so a funny story that goes with that, Taylor was invited to the prom uh, as a sophomore. And uh, with he and Grant being two years apart, they had friends that were the same. And so I heard him on the phone going, yeah, I I don't mind going as your date. Just be sure your dress is appropriate because, you know, my mom doesn't like things (laughs) hanging out and not looking right. So Only Taylor could get away with saying that. And and she did. She came. She she was looking great, and it was all good. And then uh, putting their phones in the kitchen, Daryl and I started doing that with them at night. Everybody's phone went in the kitchen. And then being that inspector uh, in the morning, you get up early and you look at that phone, you will find out all kinds of things that happened during the night that they were texting your boys that, uh, yeah, they always wondered how I knew things. And, you know, a lot of times children think, well, that's my phone. Yeah. Well, we pay for that phone. Right. And as long as we're paying for that phone, it's our phone. That's right. And I would never give my child the privilege to pay for his own phone so he could keep it. No. Um, it is very important Too much that temptation. you stay the parent right. until your child leaves home. You will parent him until that child becomes an adult right. and leaves home. But we never let our children date. And it was just our family rule that they didn't date till they were 16. And some children, you know, you may need to gauge their maturity, and that will be your choice as you as you as the parent but for us that was that was our our rule and um there's just lots of drama that come with with females and so we just felt like that our children needed to be able to handle the drama and the things that go along with that because living in an all male household except for their mother they need to know how to handle right. that. They didn't have sisters to see that on a regular basis. Right. So that was just something that we found that that we wanted to do was to wait till they were 16. And back to the, the appropriate dress, I have had girlfriends in the house before that had on really low-cut tops. And I have reminded them, your top is falling down. Can you pull it up? Because I have younger boys Mm -hmm. in the house. That are visual. That are visual. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so she pulled it back up, and she kept pulling it up after that because, you know, there were other sons in the house. And so thankfully we never really had much of an issue with that. Yes, I know that one thing that I admired about both of you 
I got to see you be moms while your boys were teenagers, and you were just always involved in whatever they were doing. You were there. Not only did that show that you were supportive of them, but also you knew who they were hanging out with. Right. You were at their school. You were at their ball games. You were on their youth trips. You you just knew the people that if they had a, if they liked somebody, if they were dating somebody, you knew who that was. Um, you knew what they were interested in. You knew who they were friends with. And there's never too much information that you can get. They don't always have to realize that that's what you're doing. But I just saw y'all be so involved with their life that you knew what they were up to. And I think that that's so important, referencing back to the phone thing. You know, it's not smart. Let's just be honest. Let's call it for what it is. It's not smart to leave a boy alone at night with a phone. Mm -mm. Bad things happen at night when they're when they can look on Instagram. I don't know if you all know this. My husband's like a tech guru. I know Denise and Mary Ellen know that. But you can look up things on Instagram. I think this is important for boy moms to know. You can look up things on Instagram and there is no search history. Right. So you would never see it if your son gets to keep his phone all night because he said, like Denise said, it's my phone, mom. No, it's not. I pay for that phone. And I think it's best that it stay with me at night or right. in the kitchen like right. Mary Ellen and them did. I definitely know that's something that Josh and I have talked about that we're going to do because after seeing how much teenagers struggle with pornography right. and sending pictures that are not appropriate and so many things that may not even be something that your child is involved in or instigates, but he could just stumble upon it. I think it's really important as we're talking about their maturity and their purity to think about these things. Be smart. Be the mom. Don't be afraid to say no and lay down the law. I know it's easier for me to say that right now because I haven't lived it, but I have seen it multiple times with doing youth ministry and things. And so I just wanted to go ahead and throw that out there because I know that Josh is really passionate about that when it comes to teenage boys, and that's really important to remember. There is no trash bin in your mind. It cannot be erased. It is always there. So once they see something, they can always retrieve it. So just don't let that temptation be put before them. And another thing I, I always did when my boys were dating, or I still do, is pray for that mate Pray for that daughter in love that's coming into their life, that it will be the right person. It will be the perfect person for them. I can say that my daughter's in love, that my first three are married to, are just the right person for each of my boys. And I thank God for answering that prayer. And I hope that son number four and number five seek the Lord and find just the right person for them. And so pray for that daughter-in-law, even when they're young, every day that that the Lord will prepare that person and prepare your son for marriage later on down the line. So not just, don't just begin when they're dating, praying for her, but begin praying early for that person. One thing I forgot, Mal, uh, just your reaction to when they're teenagers, and they wind up telling you something, don't go berserk. How, <laughs> how you react to that is whether you're going to get the next story. That's right. So if you're just calm, okay, I wrecked the car, I burnt the house down, just, you go, okay. 
Well, let's talk about how that happened. You know, try not to just go postal. Because if you go postal on the little things, <laughs> you they're not telling you the story. big things. You can forget mm-hmm. it. It's over. So I tried to do that. I didn't always do it. I failed many times. But that, that was something that helped, too. That's great advice. And even while they're little, sometimes we struggle with that. But I feel like it's more critical when they're older because it's heavier Mm -hmm. things that they're trying to tell you at that time. So that's great advice to remember. I need to put that one away in my mind for later. Another thing that I think is really important, as Denise was referencing, praying for your sons as they're dating, is something that I saw done when I was a teenager that boys can be big on visuals. All kids really can. And somebody showed me one time, a they cut out a heart, and they were talking to us about dating. And this is something that might be good for you to do with your kids is they're before they're dating, maybe like middle school age, but they tore off a little piece of the heart and they said, okay, you've chosen to date this person and they might take a little bit of your heart or you've chosen to date, you know, somebody else later on down the road. And each person will take Mm -hmm. a little piece of your heart. And so make sure that you tell your boys, not only are women to be respected and treated well, when you're talking about purity and you're talking about just how you treat them, you want them to treat them like they treat you and how you've raised them. But every time they give a piece of their heart away, whatever's left is all they have left to give that final person that they marry. That's right. And if that takes you showing them with a little piece of paper, a visual, it's so important for them to realize that, yes, they're 16, they're... 14, they're 18, and they're not going to get married right then. But every time they choose to kiss somebody, every time they choose to give feelings away to somebody, they are giving them a piece of that heart. And you want them to make sure that they realize they're not going to marry somebody today, but they do need to date people that they think that they could marry, the qualities that they like in them, that they're searching for. And that will go along with teaching them to pray for their spouse as you pray for their spouse as well. So that's just something to throw out there that really impacted me when I was a teenager and I want to do with my boys. So talking about marriage and adulthood leading into that, I got a lot of questions and a lot (laughs) of concerns about that one. I'm going to be honest with y'all because I love like planning my wedding with my mom and all that. But you don't get those same experiences sometimes with boys. So talk to us about this subject. Well, I have a grant that married Corinne, and I am very blessed because she had allowed me to be all in. I got to go and when she picked her wedding dress out. And so I, I didn't really know if I'd get to go on that trip or not, but she invited me. And we have just become uh, good friends with her parents. And so we're able to kind of share our kids together. And that's a blessing. And we get along so well. Uh, But uh, Denise and I have talked about this a lot. I just try to love on her and just um, I just really want her to know that I love and respect her and that I know Grant's place now is with her and that I'm not first. I'm not meant to be first. But she is first and just um, kind of show that in my actions more than my speech. Yeah, I mean, you want her to like you. Yeah. And I know that you are 
with all kinds of people. You're a person that gives gifts and loves on people that way. You've done it to me before in my family and my boys. But like, do you love on her that way? I do. Um, we get our nails done. And um, I, of course, I've got the salon. So I just say, what kind of hair things do you need? Um, I just try to meet her needs of whatever is going on in her life at that time and just uh, encourage her how well she's doing and what she's doing at that moment. And uh, just her being Grant's wife, I just want to kind of raise her up and put her on a pedestal a little bit. I had my first three sons got married. Three of them got married in 22 months. And uh, so that was big to have three weddings in 22 months. And so um, I had to learn very quickly how to be a mother-in-law. And, you know, of course you always think, well, I want this to be quote, my daughter. (laughs) Well, you're not their mother, (laughs) and you want to have that close relationship, but you have to respect the fact, like Mary Ellen said, that that she's the wife, and it says in the Bible that they are to leave and cleave, and you want that for your son, and you want that for them. Um, You just keep thinking back how when you married your husband— the type of relationship that you wanted. And so I want that for my sons, and I want that for my daughters-in-laws. But like Mary Ellen said, you know, there are special times when you get to do things together and you you give them special gifts. Christmas is always big at our house because the girls get more— little things than the boys do the boys get bigger things but the girls you know they can get some manicures and some massages and they can get the the fun things that they like or the the cooking things or the organizational things that they like and their their presence you know number more than than the boys do but uh, the boys get the Amazon cards and the car washes and <laughs> right. things like that. And so that's fun at Christmas time or for their birthdays. But um, Well, and, you got the blessing of them wanting to do a trip this yes. year. Um, in fact, uh, when my third daughter-in-law, Lacey, was home this last time, um, she and my first daughter-in-law had gone out to eat together and Lacey came home and said I think it's time that we do a girls trip together and I was so excited because I thought oh they have been talking you know I've been wanting to do that for a long time and kind of thrown the hints out there but they've never really jumped on it so now that they're jumping on that I'm saying all right let's start looking to see where we want to go yeah and so uh the three daughters-in-laws and myself uh you know we're gonna we're going to plan a trip and go somewhere. Be fun. And so I'm really That's looking great. forward really looking forward to that. So you find things to do with your daughters-in-laws just like you did with your sons. Mm-hmm. And so make them each feel special. Yep. That's hugely good advice. I think one of the best things I heard was I wrote it down because it was so good when I was talking to you both. Um, I'm not sure which one of you said it. I think it was you, Denise. But the way to love your son is to love their wife. Amen. Because you know that they have to put their wife first. That's what you want for them. And I just think that that is such wise advice. 
And you're right. I mean, it's hard to remember life before your kids once you have kids. Mm. But when you think about it, when I think like when me and Josh got married, how did my mother-in-law handle that with me? You know, and I want to be able to do that one day when Jake and James are that age as well. And so think about life before kids when you were the daughter in love and now you, you might be getting one. And so that's just something, a different perspective, I guess, of thinking about it. And I think that that is just really good advice. And I know that my mother-in-law personally, like ways that she's found a love on me is just just offering to be such a servant. Mm-hmm. She will buy me little things like jewelry sometimes because she didn't get to do that with her boys or she every Wednesday of the first year of Jake's life we lived an hour away she came because he had colic and Marilyn you remember that (laughs) yes and um and she would come every Wednesday and just relieve me and be like go to the grocery store go you know, get your hair cut. Go, go sit eat. in the car. Yeah, go, go eat in silence by yourself at a restaurant. But, like, that was a way that she practically loved on me. Yes. And I want to remember those things, like, as I'm selfishly thinking in my head right now, but my sons are going to leave me and I'm yeah. going to be in second place, you know. But, honestly, that's what you want because yes. that's for them to have a healthy marriage. That's what has that's to happen. That's exactly right. And so you cannot be a mama's boy. You yeah. cannot do it. Yeah, it's good to know. Yep. I think we all need to hear it, moms of boys. <laughs> it's out not there. easy. I'm not saying it's easy. It's an everyday struggle. And don't go to that stereotype that your daughters are not going to like their mother-in-law. I, I just vowed. I just had my prayer journal. I was like, well, I'm not going to have that. She's going to like me. No matter. She's going to like me. <laughs> <laughs> and so far she does. <laughs> you were prayed up on that. Yes. Well, I think that that is all wonderful advice. I know advice that challenges me and the thoughts that I have in my head just about the future with raising boys. And so I hope that you all have been encouraged. Thank you again, Mary Ellen and Denise, for sharing your wisdom with us today. For all of these material references that they have given us this week and last week, I will put those on faithful31moms.com on the blog that will have all of this information about raising teenage boys through adulthood and then also raising them from birth through middle school age. So go and check that out. The podcast will be linked so you can listen to it right there as well. That's on faithful31moms.com. And also, summer's coming up. It is May, and it's about to be June, and your kids will be getting out of school. And so something that I have available on faithful31moms.com is an Old Testament scripture writing plan. It's just one verse a day. There's 30 verses. And that is a free download if you enter your email. You can have your kids practice their reading and writing all summer while also keeping a spiritual emphasis there. So check that out. And thank you all for joining us. And I hope that you have a blessed day. Looking for meaningful time with your family that doesn't involve technology? Looking for ways to worship God together? Consider the Ten Commandments for the Home Family Worship Kit from Faithful 31 Moms and Love Worth Finding. Your children will treasure the time you spend as a family as you study, pray, and do activities together that will ultimately strengthen your family's foundation for a God-centered home. 
Purchase your family worship kit today at faithful31moms.com. Faithful 31 Moms is produced in association with Love Worth Finding Ministries, built on the profound biblical teaching of Pastor Adrian Rogers. Please visit our website, faithful31moms.com, for all interview show notes. And follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Faithful31Moms. That's faithful31moms.com.